With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. For my yoga teacher friends who are interested in working with the pregnant population, Prenatal Yoga Center offers an 85-hour Yoga Alliance certified program based on our three-pronged theory of prenatal yoga, asana, education, and community. Once a year, we hold our three-month immersion program in New York City. For those who cannot attend this training, Caprice and I are now traveling to different locations holding our training at hosting studios where we will spend six days working together, exploring and learning about prenatal yoga. This training consists of more than 50 hours working together. We also created a whole membership website with more than 20 videos corresponding directly to the manual you will receive. For more information, check out our website at prenatalyogacenter.com. Hope to work with you soon. Take care. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're going to take a little bit of a different format. So instead of me interviewing an expert, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the information that I give to my students at PYC and some of the stuff I talk about at the events I speak at. So recently I have been at the Chicago Baby Show as a panel expert, as well as the New York Baby Show as a panel expert. And at both of those events, one of the questions that was asked to the panel was what takeaway or what tips would you give expected parents? And at each one, I want to make sure I give something different, even though clearly there were different audiences, Chicago and New York. So let me share a little bit about my idea of preparation for birth. Now that said, I understand the preparation that most of us take about preparing for baby to come. And a lot of it is really fun and exciting. I remember searching for a stroller. I spent way too many hours searching online, reading the reviews, going to Bye Bye Baby and trying the different strollers and talking to the salespeople. So I understand that aspect, which I actually found fun. I loved that kind of, that part of it. Um, picking out names, um, of course, taking your childbirth education class as a certified Lamaz teacher and doula. I think education is paramount. I think will help prepare you knowing the different stages of labor and understanding pain management. But I want to take this a little bit deeper to two takeaway homework assignments that I want you to think about. And they're, they're vastly different. So the first one is who do you want in your birth posse? And what I mean by that is who are the people that are going to best support you? And this goes back to even picking your care provider, which I've done some podcasts about. The care provider you choose is going to have a great impact on how your pregnancy unfolds and how your labor unfolds. You want to pick someone that you feel really confident in not just their medical abilities, but their philosophy. If you're looking for more of a low intervention pregnancy it's and birth, it's ideal not to have someone who has 
who practices more high risk or who uses more interventions, more protocol, common interventions that may not be necessary for you. So for that person that thinks, I really do want to have low interventions, think about the care provider and interview them and talk to them. So that's part of your birth posse because that's going to make a huge deal. And I've, I've worked with students and clients that have said, you know, I'm not really comfortable with my doctor. They're very quick with me. The appointments are very quick or it's a big practice and I only like one doctor. I hope I don't get the other four. All this is going to affect how your birth unfolds. And we'll talk about the hormones about that in a few moments. It's also important to think about in your birth posse, the support person or people. So having a partner there can be extremely helpful. And then maybe you might want to have a doula or another person that you can be totally open and vulnerable in front of. And someone that also understands birth and is not going to be scared. If someone brings in their own story, their own baggage to your labor, that's going to affect you. So what I think about with your birth posse is that they should circle the wagons, that they should create the space for the birthing mom to go through her own process, for her to make the sounds she needs to make, to move her body how she needs to move, to request whatever it is that she needs to feel that she can open and birth her child, and most importantly, to be vulnerable. I've been at births where well-meaning friends or sisters or mothers have wanted to be there. And it has affected the woman's ability to completely unconsciously open up. I remember one in particular that it was a mother-in-law and the mother-in-law and the mother, the birthing mother had a great relationship, but I could tell that every time she was there, the energy changed. And when we sent the mother-in-law to do some errands, the woman kind of got into her rhythm and her mood and her mode. And that needs to happen. The mom needs to find her rhythm. That way she can ride out the contractions. And every time the mother-in-law came in the room, things changed up a bit. And so even though mentally they wanted to support one another, the mother-in-law wanted to be there, the woman wanted to be there. When it came down to the rawness of the experience, we really needed the mother-in-law not to be there. So I put the the bad cap, the bad cop cap on, and I just explained that we needed a little bit more space so that while her birth posse got smaller, we were able to circle the wagon so that she really, the mom could be really open and move and vulnerable how she needs to move. So we need to think about the people you invite into the birth are going to affect the mom's ability to open up and let go. And that can even be if there's a nurse that's not feeling comfortable, if there's anyone that's going to feel or give judgment or shame to the mother, that's going to affect the mother's ability to fully open up and birth. So I remember one time um, there was... Uh, my my mentor told me about the story that she was at a birth and every time someone started to come into the room, the dad would meet the person at the door and just said, you know, we have a birth in process. It's a natural birth. We really want it undisturbed. What can I do to help you so you don't have to come into the room? And that often stopped things. Um, even with the doctor, um, the dad would go to the door and say, you know, what, how, what's going on? And if the doctor was saying, you know, like, oh, things are getting tough on our schedule, the 
dad came up with my, my three favorite questions. Is mom okay? Is baby okay? Can we have more time? And so the care provider would say, you know, everything's fine. I was just checking in or you're right. I don't really need to check in. So the birth posse is vital to how the mom's birth unfolds. Not that they're trying to kick anyone out of the room, not that they're trying to take over the the well-being of the mother, but they're just protecting her space so that she can birth however she needs. And again, the care provider needs to be on board with that. We don't want someone that's going to cause animosity or anxiety. So that's one piece of homework. Who is your birth posse? You want to think about who's going to make you feel supported, who's going to give you the space, who's going to give you the time, who's not going to judge or push or bring their own information and baggage into the birth that's going to make you, the birthing mom, feel pressured in any way. All right, that's one piece of homework. All right, let's go to my next piece of homework. It is embracing and identifying whatever fears you may have around your birth. And some of you that have been listening to the podcast might have heard this already. So I I start to understand the role of fear in birth early in my doula experience. Gosh, I wish I had been even earlier. So during the fifth, actually, fifth birth I attended as a doula, I learned a very important lesson. So the mother that I was attending, it was going to be her only child. She was an older mom, um, second marriage, and she knew that this was it. And she had done her research. She had done her preparation. uh, She hired a doula. She hired a wonderful care provider. And so then labor started and we had been in contact And again, being a newer doula, I didn't, I don't think I knew exactly when to show up. I was just so eager and willing to help. So I showed up what was pretty early in labor. And as I entered the apartment, I can still see this in my mind. The mom was smiling and bouncing up and down on her birth ball, just breathing quite heavily, um, but not in the kind of heavy way that you would do an intense contraction, just a little over the top. And I arrived and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm here a little too early, but whatever. So we kind of rode it out. Eventually, we made it to the uh, birthing center and she was too early to be admitted. You had to be at that time at least five centimeters dilated and she wasn't. She's about three. So we walked, we talked, we had a snack. Her partner was there with us and we did laps around the block, back into the hospital, checked her. She was still three. So finally things started to progress a little bit more and she got to five. And so we got admitted to the birth center and it started to get to be a very long birth. So by this point, it was about 24 hours. So I stepped out for a moment and I called my my mentor and I talked to her about what do you think's going on? And she's talked about the position of the baby. So we checked on the position of baby. And then she talked about the emotional standpoint of the mom. So I checked with the mom. And to make a long story short, it turned into a bit of a a long and, and to be honest, slightly traumatic birth. The mother ended up having meconium, and so we had to go upstairs to LND. Things slowed down then, and after about 36 hours, they declared failure to progress. And I think the baby's heart rate was also starting to look a little bit questionable. And again, there was meconium, so that's also a risk for baby. And the mom ended up having a cesarean. So the birth that she ended up having 
was very different from what she had envisioned. And about a year later, she asked me to come over and she wanted to discuss the birth. And I have to admit, I was a bit terrified of what was she going to say? You know, was I, was I responsible for this in any way? And of course I was concerned and I I did the best I could at the time. And she said that after a year in therapy and really exploring and healing from this process, she realized that there was a huge obstacle for her that she was overcoming during the birth. And for her, it was passing that threshold of moving from maiden to motherhood, which is pretty common actually for a lot of women. She had a deep, deep, terrifying fear of this massive change of life that she was facing and the responsibility of being a mother. And whether she realized it or not, she was dealing with it during the labor. So I I left and I asked my mentor, is this something that I need to be aware of? And she said, well, you know, you do the best you can during the birth. You ask the mother, is there anything holding back? But what this made me realize was that prior to the birth, I started to ask my doula clients and my prenatal teacher, my students and my Lamaze students to take some time to really think about what fear might you have surrounding your birth. And if you say, oh, I have no fear, perhaps dig a little bit deeper. I know my second birth actually had more fear than my first. Um, I was actually afraid that the second birth would look more like my first, which was pretty long and challenging. So I'm asking you to do a little homework, to dig deep and pull out all the skeletons in your closet and take some time to, to look at what might be digging deep in your mind. What fears might you have? Some of the common fears that women have, can they handle the pain? Again, the made into motherhood. Um, I have some women that are saying they're afraid of the raw sound and emotion that they're going to have during the labor and that their partner's going to see that or the actual birth itself. And of course, is baby going to be okay? Or are they going to poop while pushing? You know, all these things are very real. And so while you may not be able to take care of the fears and, and, diminish them or, you know, get rid of them, acknowledging them and having your birth posse aware of them can help should they arise during the labor. So having known that and started to use that as a tool to support my women and as a doula, I remember having a woman talk about she was terrified of the intensity of the contractions and she didn't really want her partner to see her go through that. And so when they start to get really intense, I would check in with her. How are you? I'm right here. Your partner's going to take a little walk around. The space is open. You can do whatever you need to birth. And it, you know, I would check in and it really wasn't until the end that she just started to say, I'm really scared. But I think having the conversation and the space to discuss and explore this ahead of time gave her the confidence that when these emotions came up, when these fears came up, that we were ready for them. Again, we weren't necessarily going to remove the fears, but we had the space for her to acknowledge the fears. So let's also look a little bit about why we need to acknowledge the fear and why we can't just let it fester inside. So part of it has to do with the hormones. So there are three main hormones that we want to look at in labor. We've got the beta endorphins, which kind of like those morphine-like, wonderful, yummy um, 
hormones that give women this morphine-like effect. There's oxytocin, which gives you, uh, which allows the uterus to contract. We call it the love hormone. And then there's adrenaline and noradrenaline. Now, when the adrenaline adrenaline level is high, the oxytocin can't function quite as well, and it gets diminished. And when that happens and it's not functioning, oftentimes we bring in Pitocin, which is synthetic form. Now we do need adrenaline and noradrenaline in that final stage when we're pushing baby out and even during transition. But if mom is feeling pressured or feared, fearful or shamed, then the adrenaline and noradrenaline is going to kick in more. So we really want to try to have what we call an undisturbed birth, that we're not disturbing the normal blueprint and cycle of the hormones. So we want mom to have the surges of oxytocin, the surges of beta endorphins, and keep the adrenaline and noradrenaline low until needed. And again, if mom is feeling fear, shamed, pressure, we're going to disturb that. If she's feeling disturbed during her birth, again, the birth that's where the birth posse comes in. We need them to circle the wagons and so that mom can find her undisturbed birth. So let's talk a little bit about, now that we understand that, we want to try to keep the hormone level at balance. So as I mentioned, there are some common fears. We want to try to have the mom have that awareness in the head of time and again, have her support team there to help. So again, we might not be able to totally remove the fears, but we want the mom to understand that her support team hears her and that they're there to support that. And that also goes back to your care provider. As I mentioned in the first part of the homework of finding your birth posse, having this conversation, even with your care provider about your fears, that can be super helpful. So as I mentioned, my second birth, I was pretty scared that it'd be like my first. And so I had to actually talk to my midwife about it. And she was just really upfront. And she said to the, basically to the extent of, okay, what if you do have this same birth unfolding that you had the first time? I know this is your greatest fear. What if you have that unfolding? What are you going to do? And I realized that I had to surrender. And But the fact that she understood that and heard that and was ready, that was extremely helpful. So having your care provider aware of what fears you might have might help to diminish some of those fears. And then let's talk about the role of the partner. So we want the partner to help protect the mom's space. We talked about circling the wagon so her oxytocin level can flow. We want the partner and the posse to create the space of respect and deflect pressure or judgment that the mom might be feeling. We want the partner to absolutely love the mom, not look at the technology or try to fix things. But again, we're looking to circle the wagons like the oxytocin level. And when mom's feeling loved and cherished, her oxytocin level is going to be flowing. And that's also being present and really seeing the mother. So the role of the partner can greatly diminish the fear without necessarily having to remove it. And as I mentioned, having a discussion ahead of time, what kind of support might the mom need from her partner? So if the partner's starting to see the mom losing her rhythm and unfringing because of fear, what can the partner do? Is it maybe stroke her hair? Is it maybe rub her back? Is it remind her that the partner's there for her? Is it maybe talking her through a scenario that they shared at a time or visualizing the baby and knowing that they're doing this together? 
Another thing that the partner needs to do is examine the dynamic of the relationship. And this is going to help the mom overcome some of the fears that might surround her pregnancy and birth. So when mom or or partner stressed out, how do they react with one another? I remember doing a birth where the two people bickered with each other. The mom and the dad bickered with each other and it stressed me out. I'm like, should I try to stop this? Should I try to intervene? So again, I called my mentor and she said, you know, this could just be their dynamic. Let it ride out. But I do wonder in hindsight, was that helpful for mom's stress level and for her adrenaline level? So it's important to discuss ahead of time, the expectations of each other and Maybe mom gets snippy when she's stressed. I know that I tend to, and I I barked at my husband a few times during my labor. So just have that understanding of your dynamic and what it's going to do when you're stressed. And again, if the mom's uncomfortable at all with her care provider, have the partner there to protect the mom's space. Be ready with, is mom okay? Is baby okay? Can we have more time? So those are some ways that the partner can help Uh, protect the space as well as be the support and help remove some of the fear that the mom may be having. And then my final piece of advice for overcoming the fear of that may come up during birth or during labor is helping the mom have confidence in her ability to birth as well as understanding what's normal in birth. So if mom's going in feeling confident that, all right, I've got my support team, They understand some fears that might come up. I trust my body. I trust my baby. She's going to feel a lot more confident that her body can do this if she didn't have that understanding and went and saying, I don't understand this. I don't feel supported. I don't understand the process. I don't really trust my body. So building confidence, no matter what's going to unfold in front of her, can really help diminish some of the fears surrounding birth. So that's some homework. So I hope that you take the time, think about who you want there. Are they going to truly be supportive? Can they protect your space? Can they help you have an undisturbed birth? Can we try to take some of the pressure and judgment away? And can you deeply look at some of the fears you might have and know that whatever fear that may arise, not passing judgment saying, oh, that's such a silly fear. It's not. If it's real to you, it can come up and you need your support team to understand it. And again, for them to not judge. So take the time, do your homework. And I hope you have a wonderfully empowered and functional birth and a smooth transition into motherhood. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.